0: This special Answers for Elders podcast honoring military veterans is sponsored by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E dot Well, this is Chuck Olmstead. I'm at Patriots Landing here in DuPont, Washington. And with me today is Roberta Quorum. And uh, she's she likes to go by Bobby. So uh, Bobby is the wife of retired uh, U.S. military and... Uh, and uh, we always like to uh, interview the spouses as well, because a lot of times they have stories to tell. And the spouses, I, I think in many ways, served right along with their, with their husbands uh, as uh, they went through military life. And so, Bobby, welcome to Answers for Elders today.
1: Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: I know you're a little nervous, and you don't have to be, because we like to hear the stories. Of, um, of people and, and how they got to uh, where, they, where they were in life and some of the stories. So uh, let's go back. Uh, were you
1: born near uh, in the Northwest? I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, and then in my senior year, I moved to Philadelphia.
0: Okay. So, so I
1: moved from an acad- uh, a 100-girl academy to 1,000-per-class high school wow. <laughs> in West Philadelphia. Wow.
0: So East Coast, you were more East Coast. Coast. Yeah. 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 So what year then did you graduate from high school?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think 1955.
0: (laughs) Wow. So that was the year I was born. So that was a good year. (laughs) That was a very good year. Well, Yeah. Life was uh, kind of, um, I'm sure, interesting at that time because you were born uh, right uh, right at the beginning of World War II, and then the Korean War yeah. was just finished up finished. when you were in high school yeah. and then graduation. So um, what was it like in 1955 in, in Philadelphia?
1: Oh, I, I, I worked full time for my father, but in the evenings, I uh, joined the USO. And also the Red Cross, so between the two of them, but mainly the USO. So we used to go to dances over at Fort Dix and McGuire, danced on the Kitty Hawk at in the Navy base, and I met my husband at Fort Dix. We were married at Fort Dix, yeah. <laughs> and then we were stationed here at Fort Lewis three times.
0: Interesting. So, <laughs> so when you volunteered with the USO, so what did, what did you do when when you did that? What was uh,
1: danced with. Dance with the soldiers, dance with the Air Force, and dance with the Navy. Uh-huh. And then we go to the hospitals and play games, you know, the bingos and award prizes. Just visit with the patients. Yeah.
0: yeah. So what motivated you to do that As a out of high school? Did you have family that uh, was in military, or was it just no, something No, no you... family in the military. It's just something
1: I wanted to do.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. I did. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you then meet your husband?
1: At the USO dance at Fort Dix. Interesting. And I tried to pass him off on to my girlfriends because as USO serve, you know uh, representatives, we weren't supposed to stay with one person the whole night. You uh-huh. had to circulate. Well, they covered for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so you were a little interested as well, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: six months later, we were married. Interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah. And what year was that?
1: 1962.
0: Okay so yeah. from high school to to marriage was 7 years. Mm-hmm. So during that time you were always involved in USO.
1: USO and also Red Cross. Uh-huh. Red Cross was going to the Navy hospital also. Yeah. And then working at um I would volunteer for the emergency emergency room at a city hospital.
0: Uh-huh. So did you have a medical
1: background then?
0: No. No, not no, at all. But you no. just. But the uh, doctors
1: wanted me to go ahead and get familiar with the shots, and they say they would give me an orange and put the syringe in. I said, "Oh no, I'll uh-huh. be there to comfort the people." That's it. Uh huh. <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. So uh, during that time, 1962, your husband then was in US, in the army.
1: Just uh, private, I believe it just was. Just private. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: And so then, how long did he stay um, active military?
1: Uh, he was active for 24 years and then retired.
0: Interesting. So, mm-hmm. you, you experienced a lot then. In 1962, Vietnam kind of really got geared up, in 65, 66, 67 was, you know. Mm-hmm. So, he did was, your husband end up in Vietnam? He w-
1: yeah, he did. He was in Korea and then um, he was in Vietnam twice.
0: Now tell me about that. What's that like to be the wife of a uh, uh, of, of a went someone to going waiting to waiting wives?
1: We went up to uh, we went up to waiting wives the second time uh, up in Bangor, Maine, at the Air Force base, mm-hmm. which was very interesting because that's where a lot of the wives went, and we had one uh, Navy fella among the whole. Housing area. So when it snowed and it went up to the second floor, he had the snow blower to get us out. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah.
0: So now you call You said waiting wives. Was that? Was that's that what kind we of a, were called. The waiting t- wives. The waiting wives. Uh, and
1: for Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And so, um, and as I've talked with other veterans, um, you know, we are so used to technology in these days where we have text and we have email and we have mm-hmm. phones where we can call anybody pretty much in the world but it wasn't like that in 1967 no, was it no what no. was that
1: like um the wives we all talked among each other and tried to help each other you know uh when my husband was injured the second time in Vietnam uh he called me right away and he says don't pay any attention to what tell the telegram says to you he says I'm okay so the telegram sounded like he was not okay mm-hmm. <laughs> but then he came home and what have you
0: yeah yeah so he came home for, did he was he hospitalized then for a while after yes Vietnam? at the
1: Brooklyn Navy Hospital yeah <laughs> yeah in New York his, his folks lived in Long Island so mm-hmm. I, we commuted me commuted back and forth on the Long Island Expressway, and I have no idea how we did it. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So then what happened after Vietnam, after his, uh, what was he his retired, service He like? retired,
1: and then he went to be a corrections officer up at Forks for two years, I believe it was. I'm, I'm not sure of the time. And then totally retired. Nice. Um, the,
0: um, Were you up in, in Forks with him at no, the time? No, lived didn't... right
1: here. He commuted back to, and forth. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's we a little married, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We were married 51 and a half years.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Wow. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you saw a lot of changes. What, what would you say were the significant changes in those 24 years as far as being a military wife? Uh,
1: you know, a lot of the wives, even now, I have found they don't know anything about their finances don't know how to write a check, and don't know where to go to ask for help. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be um, taken care of all the time. And uh, when my when my husband was uh, going to Vietnam, I think the first time we had the wives over to the house, and they were showed how okay this is this and this is how you do this and what have you and if you need any help you can always come back they uh, people always need a point of contact Mm -hmm. even here at patriot landing you know the new people that come in and if i see them i'll introduce myself to so when they do come in for dinner or uh, lunch they instantly go to the point that they they recognize me
0: (laughs) yeah of course (laughs) Well, Bobby, it seems to me like your whole history has been kind of serving other people because when I hear about you as a young girl uh, with USO and the Red Cross, obviously you had a heart to help people.
1: I guess so. Yeah, and to
0: make them feel warm, welcome and comfortable. So, and you're still doing that here at Patriots Landing.
1: I think so. Yeah,
0: well, that's a good thing.
1: I enjoy people. Yeah. I, I can't stand where people don't do things for themselves And there's no reason that they can't do something for themselves. Uh I don't like self-pity.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So you help bring them out of it, huh?
1: I try to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So now do you still have family, uh, children here in the area? I have,
1: no. No. My one son, the retired sergeant major, is in Maryland. And I have one, two, three, four grandchildren there. Mm -hmm. I have a great-grandson in Ohio. And then my oldest son is in California with uh, two two grandchildren there.
0: I see. So, and you said one was uh, had been Navy, correct? Yes, he was yeah. the captain's cook. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, very good, very good. So your um, husband was retired Navy master army, or I'm sorry, army. Uh, retired Army uh, as a as a sergeant sergeant major sergeant um, major, and then your son no.
1: He was the master sergeant. My son was the sergeant major. There, Retir- he outranked him. <laughs>
0: there you go. There you go. Well, what would you say um, to uh, the current military uh, wives? Uh, I think you gave some good advice there as far as learning finances. And uh, do, you have, uh, do you have opportunities to speak with current um, military wives at all?
1: No, but I work... I, I do volunteer work at the McCord Thrift Shop uh-huh. once a week and sometimes three times a week. Uh-huh. And I meet people there and yeah. we talk and what have you.
0: Yeah. And if and if you were able to talk to a current military wife, what what uh, kind of advice would you give to them?
1: Love your husband first. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: And, and uh, be willing to listen listen to him. Don't ignore what he says. Listen to him because sometimes they do need help.
0: Mhm. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, many times have gone through those spouses that have been in military especially in during wartime mm-hmm. have gone through some pretty significant things and they do need that that yeah. support, don't they? Yeah. yeah.
1: They do. Yeah. They do. And then like I said, don't be afraid, you know, enjoy yourself and enjoy the military. That's what the military's there. It is to protect but also make you feel safe too. Mhm. And sure. you can you you can socialize with people that experience the same thing as you do. Whereas, if you're on the outside, you may never meet someone sharing the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Well, there seems uh, there has to be a special camaraderie. It seems like those that serve together uh, in the military, the the men and uh, that uh, serve with other men and women, that there's a camaraderie there. And it seems like for the for the spouses of that those military, there's a a certain uh, camaraderie, isn't there, yes, that there are is. lifelong friendships because yeah. you've gone through some stressful times right. together.
1: And even though you don't correspond with the others, they know where you are and you know where they are. Mm-hmm.
0: That's that's <laughs> right. That's right. Well, Bobby, I want to thank you for this time and for you sharing your story because your story matters. It's important. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, and uh, we've been listening to uh, Bobby Quorum, and uh, she's a wife of a uh, retired Master Sergeant, uh, U.S. Army. And I want to thank you for your interview today. Thank you very much. <laughs> this has been a special Honoring Veterans presentation of Answers for Elders, brought to you by Carriage. For more information about Carriage, the website is C-A-R-E-A-G-E.com.